This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Ephesians 6, verse 14. And uh, if you missed this series, you can catch up on podcast or YouTube. But we have been talking about putting on the full armor of God. Now, God tells us to put on the armor that he has supplied to protect us against the schemes of the evil one. If you didn't know this before you walked in today, there is a real enemy. In fact, here in these verses, Paul the Apostle writes about his scheme, his strategy. He has fiery arrows that he shoots at our life, wants to attack our identity, wants to attack our mind, goes after every part of our life so that he can, well, as the Bible says, steal, kill, and destroy who you are. You might walk in today and be like, man, I came to get encouraged at church. Well, good news. Even though there is an enemy, our God is bigger, our God is stronger, and our God is better. Somebody say amen. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of someone that God has already defeated. He is, by definition, he is a serpent, he is a liar, he is a deceiver, and an accuser. And he accuses you of not being good enough to receive the love of God. That Jesus loves everybody else, but he doesn't love you. He says, therefore, we're going to need to put on the full armor of God. Not so we can charge the hill and take more ground. No, actually, quite the opposite. So we can stand firm. The enemy would love to get you to roll over, bow down, acquiesce. Big word. (laughs) Capitulate. I got a huge vocabulary. Get you to roll over to your circumstance. To that attack of the wicked one. But you got to stand in the armor of God. This last week I preached this message. And this gentleman walked up afterwards. He said, oh, I was so moved by fit for the fight. It's an on-time word for me. He reaches into his pocket. He said, every day I carry this coin with me. He handed me this massive coin. It's like heavy. And on it's beautiful coin. On it, one side had the, all the armor inscribed on it. And in the middle, this guy, this Christian warrior. On the other side, it said, pray without ceasing. And the armor of God, this thing's beautiful. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a real Christian. It's unbelievable. He's like, you want to see what else I carry every day? I'm like, dude, no, but please continue. Pulls out of his pocket a stone, like David versus Goliath, you know, like a smooth stone. He goes, I carry every day, armor of God, smooth stone for the Goliath. I'm like, dude, you're real. This guy's real. So I got to give him back the coin. He goes, no, I want you to keep it. I want you to have this coin. I go, sir, I can't. There's no, you must have got this like in Jerusalem. Like, there's no way. I was like, sir, I can't. This must be worth. He's like, what? I got it on Amazon. You can keep it. I was like, yeah, I'm keeping it for sure. You got it on Amazon Prime. It's in my pocket now. But bigger than a coin, we got to put on the armor of God. We talked about putting on the helmet of salvation. God's thoughts over your thoughts righteousness over your heart because the enemy wants to attack your heart and bring shame and guilt over your heart. We talked about last week the shield of faith 
and the sword of the Spirit. God is my shield and His Word is my weapon. I want to end with these last two, but to be honest, it's going to be three because Paul's so brilliant. He puts on the armor for us and then tells us what to do. Watch this here. These are our verses for today. Verse 14, and then we'll jump down to 18. It says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as for shoes, everybody say shoes. For your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, he's selfish. Now, I love anybody that is not too proud to beg for prayer. I like anybody in life that's like, hey, whoop, whoop, I need prayer. Anybody, by show of hands, come on, Valley. Anybody, you're okay with getting prayed for, right? I grew up when music was good. Who here remembers TLC? Y'all kids don't know about Left Eye, Chili, T-Bone. They had a song called, I Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Paul's saying, I'm asking you, pray for me. He says, and also for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. He's asking people not just to put on the armor of God, but to pray for everybody and to pray for himself. Oh, I love that. I want to preach a message today. Write down the title. It's called, I Need a Belt That Matches My Shoes. I Need a Belt that matches my shoes, and we're going to finish this out with the belt of truth and the gospel of peace on our feet. Amen? Come on, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you today that you're awesome, you're good, you're amazing, you are kind and you are loving. Today we acknowledge that if you are for us, who can be against us? Thank you, God, that your word is true, your promises we can keep and stand on, and we can live according to the way you want us to live. We ask you, by the power of who you are, show us how to put on the arm of God so we can stand against the wicked one. We thank you in advance for these things. And Lord, we thank you that next year we will defeat the wicked one and the Lakers will go to the finals and win the NBA championship that we deserve in this city. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together, come on, Angelinos, let's clap and thank God. Even if it's a pity clap, come on, clap. Come on, Valley. I don't, I need at least a pity clap. Okay, go Washington Huskies. Okay. Um, anybody by show of hands here, you love shoes. Anybody love shoes today? Shoes, your favorite thing. Oh, I love shoes. There's nothing better than a new pair of shoes. Can I get a witness in the church? The greatest gift you can give somebody today is the gift of shoes. Make sure it's the right size. But there's nothing. This last week, it was my friend's birthday, so I got him a pair of shoes. I got him some Nikes, and when I presented it to my friend, I mean, you would have thought I bought him the most expensive gift on the planet. He was like, shoes? Thank you so much. It's just, they're Nikes. It just it cost me 90 bucks. But he was like, thank you so much. Like, just, there's something about shoes. I love, I love shoes. And I love when I have the right shoes for the right occasion. Ain't nothing worse in life than having the wrong shoes for the right occasion. You know what I'm talking about? Like you go to play basketball, but you're in your runners. 
Or you go out and you're like in your runners, you know, there's, there's nothing worse. Like last year I went to this golf tournament. And like I'm walking 18 holes, okay? I'm walking a massive golf course and I don't know why I got up early in the morning driving down to San Diego and you make bad fashion decisions early in the morning. Somebody say amen. I, and I don't know why, when I, I didn't realize it until I got there and I got out of the parking lot and I had to walk from the parking lot all the way to the golf course and I realized I put on boots today. So for 18 holes, I walked a golf course in boots. I promise you, I, was the, I watched all day. I was the only person in boots on the golf course. It's just worse. You have the wrong shoes for the right occasion. The Bible is telling us here in Ephesians 6 that we got to put on the right armor for the occasion that we're in. We are in the occasion of war. We are in the occasion of attack. There is somebody that is coming against us, and we must put on our feet the gospel of peace. Oh, before we get to the gospel of peace, we got to understand that around our waist, God has called us to put truth as a belt. Now, I know you might like a nice belt from Nordstrom or a nice belt from Ross Dress for Less. Who am I preaching to right now? But you need a belt of truth. Write down number one today. You need the truth of God around your waist. Now, historically in this context, and Paul is using a Roman soldier as a reference point, the belt for the, for the Roman soldier was the most important part because it actually held the whole outfit together. Translation, without this belt, you can't go forward, you can't stand, everything's going to fall apart. I'm telling you today, your life will fall apart without the truth of God's word. If you don't understand the truth of who God is, the truth of what he says... If you believe the lies of culture and the lies of the enemy, everything's going to fall apart. But when you got truth around your waist, you can hold your whole life, your career, your family, and your future together. Come on, you need the belt of truth. Now, Paul is using... He is using Isaiah. He is referencing an old verse from a guy that came before him long ago, a guy named Isaiah. Watch what it says here, Isaiah 11, verse 5. He's referencing this thought. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness shall be the belt of his loins. Paul goes, oh yeah, remember what Isaiah said. We need around our waist righteousness. We need around our waist faithfulness. We need around our waist the truth of who God is. Now the enemy knows this. The liar, the deceiver knows this. He is the accuser by nature. So everything that the devil does from day one, from the first couple in the Bible to the first book of the Bible, all he has tried to do is lie, twist, manipulate truth. It's his tactic. It's his greatest move he has. He takes truth and distorts it. He takes truth. By the way, as Christians, we believe in absolute truth. What is absolute truth? Truth for everyone, everywhere, at all times. This truth is for every continent, every country, every human on this earth. That is the truth, the governing principles and precepts of the universe is the truth of what God says. So we believe in absolute truth. From the beginning, the devil has tried to get believers, God's people, to question, mm, did God really say that? Come on, man. Did God really? Let's just question this. Did God really say that? 
Adam and Eve, first people, first move. Let's distort truth. Let's question truth. Let's question what God says. Adam, are you sure? Did God really? What kind of a God would say, you can't? Oh, come on, man. This is his move. This is his go-to. He did the same move with Jesus in Luke chapter 4 when he got out of the desert. He questioned him three times. Jesus, for real, if you are the son of man, and he starts using scripture and distorting God's word to manipulate it the way he wants to use it. This is the ploy and the tactic of the enemy. He wants you to get to question God. Does God really want me to give my whole life? Does God really want me to surrender? Does God really want me to put him first? Does God really want me to give money? Does God really want me to keep my body holy? Does God really want me to prefer others? Does God really want me to forgive? No, that is the questioning that comes from the serpent. But when we rely on the truth of who God is, we don't have to question anything because I know what God says. Oh, I can hear the clapping in the valley. Make some noise if you believe in the absolute truth of who God is. Watch this. Let me just show you two verses to prove what the, the strategy of the wicked one is. Revelation 12, put it up. Watch what he does. This is so the devil. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. That's why when people ask you, well, how come? Why? Did, you, did the Bible really say that? How, I thought the Bible said this. Is God really that mean? Is God really that bad? No, no. He wants to deceive the whole world. He was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Go to John 8, This is Jesus. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the, what is that word? Truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's who's talking to you. That's who's nudging on you. That's who's in your ear. He lies to you. And he tries to take truth and manipulate it, twist it, distort it to get you to question, uh, are you really forgiven? Are you? Oh, <laughs> oh, so you blessed, huh? That's what blessed is. And you start questioning. Wow, am I called? Am I loved? Is God good? Is God faithful? Does he provide? That is the tactic and the ploy of the wicked one. And he knows that you'll never walk in your God-given potential. You'll never tap into who you really are until you experience the truth that is in Jesus. Because watch what John 8 says. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Because when you get truth on the inside and truth around your waist, you are free to laugh, free to sing, free to be yourself, free to enjoy others. You are free from uh, unforgiveness, free from addiction, free from sin. Come on, are there any free people here that know the truth, that don't want to give in to the lie and the strategy of the wicked one? He's a liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. How many of you by show of hands when you were growing up, you were good at lying? Come on, they, some, some of you are like, I'm still good at it. <laughs> okay, let's pray for him right now. Jesus, <laughs> remember growing up, you're like little white lies, half truths, partial truths. You're lying. Stop. You're lying. I, like, my parents used to always catch me like, I know you're lying. How? How? How do you know that? Listen to you, man. Listen to you. Your voice just cracked, bro. Ow! 
you're not that good at lying, but he is so good at lying. And he is so good at taking truth and, and throwing it down the gutter and stomping on it and getting you to question who God is. No, I feel truth rising in our church. Truth rising in your life. You say, I believe in absolute truth. I, be I serve an absolute God. He is good at all times. He is faithful. He is righteous. He is forgiving. He, I feel like the clap should be louder right now. Come on, Valley. Make some noise if you believe in a God of truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the life. Come on, I am the truth. Pontius Pilate, before he kills Jesus, he's like, what is truth? Jesus is like, you're looking at it. I am truth. Jesus is truth. We're banking and putting a belt around our waist that holds our whole life together. It is the truth of Jesus, the truth of the gospel. So around my waist, I don't got a Gucci belt. I got the truth of Jesus. Sorry, I had to say it came to my mind. So I put it around my waist, I put the belt of truth, and then on my feet, I put on my feet, right down number two, prepared to share, I put peace on my feet. I know our culture, we like heat on feet. Everybody loves to say heat on feet. No, we got peace on feet. I am prepared to share. Now, he said, all in this war, isn't this amazing? We are in a war. There's all kinds of arrows being thrown at you and strategies and rulers, principalities, darkness. This is just insane. And all of a sudden, God says, for this war, I need peace. Wait, hold up. I don't have, like, metal spikes. Where's my boots? I need my combat boots. Don't you think I should have uh, some shoes that, like, help me, like, super, like, like from REI? Like some war shoes? God's like, no. I want peace on your feet. Because every hostile environment you go into, every tactic and strategy against your home, you need to carry everywhere you go the peace of the gospel message. We don't serve a God of war. We don't serve a God of chaos. We don't serve the God of judgment or hostility. We serve the Prince of Peace. He is the God of peace, and everywhere he goes, peace goes. God can take the most chaotic, dramatic, terrible situation, and the peace that surpasses all understanding. If God is there, peace comes there. Come on, is there anybody thankful right now that on your feet, laced up, come on, is the good news of Jesus Christ? Now again, I got to mention it again. Paul again, we reference Isaiah. Isaiah 11. He is thinking about the belt that Isaiah referred to. Also Isaiah. It was Isaiah the prophet that Paul's writing about. Isaiah the prophet says in Isaiah 52, watch what he says. Isaiah 52 put up on the screen. He says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who proclaim peace. How beautiful are the feet of of those who bring good, how beautiful are the feet. I have never looked at anybody's feet and been like, dang, those are beautiful feet. I've looked at some feet and been like, dang, the devil is alive. I feel him breathing. Do your toes. You ever seen somebody and you couldn't help yourself? You're like, hey, bro. So you don't do pedicures? You know, you just, you just skip those? I've never looked at a foot and been like, wow, beautiful foot. What size is that? Is that a 10? Beautiful. Useful foot right there. Look at the arch. Gorgeous. Those 10, 10 toes. Gorgeous. 
But the Bible is saying, how beautiful are the feet that would usher in and bring and proclaim peace. He's not talking about a physical foot. He's talking about feet that walk into places that don't know Jesus and bring the good news. God loves you. Good news, Jesus is real. Good news, Jesus hung on a cross and died. Good news. I got a text this last week from this awesome couple in our church. And this couple was telling me, Pastor, pray. We're getting ready to go to the Himalayas. And we're getting ready to go as missionaries to share the gospel. Only 1.4% of this region over by Pakistan even believes in God. And if we get caught trying to bring good news, we'll go to prison for five years. Pray. I said, not only will we pray for you, but we're going to financially support you. So on behalf of all of our generosity, financially, we are sowing a seed. And we are with those missionaries, heart and soul. Come on, let's make some noise and pray for this awesome couple in Jesus' name. So I got to talk. I already knew them. They're already, they're already in our church. I know these guys. I didn't know this about them. And I got to know their story a little bit more. And she was telling me her first mission trip to this region when she was, was 10 years ago when she was barely 20 years old. She was so moved by the lack of good news in this region. She, she shaped her whole profession around being more lethal as a missionary there. So when she goes there, she's not just a speaker. She, her profession allows her to serve the people better. That would give her an opportunity to share good news. So they've been in training. They've been in these classes on how to pack their backpack right with the right amount of weight. Because as they go through the mountains and they spread the good news, they can only bring so much. So they've been getting ready and they've been getting prepared. You can bet your bottom dollar that when they go on this trip, if they meet anybody, if any open door comes where they can share the gospel and who Jesus is, they're prepared and they are ready to share the truth of who Jesus is. They have the gospel of peace on their feet. Come on, let's, let's acknowledge and let's give some praise for this awesome couple coming from Zoe Church all the way over there to be a blessing. By the way, they'll be back right before Easter, and I think we should hear a good report. Somebody say amen. And be praying for them. We can't even share the exact location. We can't even share their names because of how dangerous it is. They're going into danger, but they're bringing the gospel of peace. They're saying, we got peace on our feet. We've got the good news of who Jesus is. Come on, Valley. You need the good news of who Jesus is. When you do that, you fulfill 1 Peter 3. Watch this. I love this verse. 1 Peter chapter 3. Read it from the screen. And if anyone asks about the hope living within you, always be ready to explain your faith. I am prepared when I leave my house, I zip up my shoes, I tie up my laces, and I go anywhere, I am ready. Oh, I hope I get an opportunity. I hope someone asks me. I hope someone can notice. I hope I'm light. I hope I'm salt. I hope I'm, ah, somebody please. I love Jesus. Now, I'm not going to be the guy that walks in. Excuse me. Need everybody's attention here. I'm a Jesus guy. And, uh, <laughs> The belt didn't already say it, huh? Um, yeah, you could tell by my feet, I love God. Now what he's talking about is being prepared, just like Peter talked about, 
for any potential opportunity. I'm prepared to share the gospel of Jesus, which is good news. Good news, God loves you. Good news, God has been pursuing you. Good news, even though you don't like yourself, God loves you. He's obsessed with you. He is pursuing you right now. And I think he actually allowed me to meet you to tell you about Jesus. It is called putting on the preparation of the gospel. We are prepared to share about our faith. I'm not prepared to share about how awesome I am. I'm just prepared to share about what he did. I was lost and, and now I'm found. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was so blind, but now I can see, and it's all Jesus. It's all God. I'm not pointing you to me. I'm pointing you to him, and I want to share about a God that changed my life. Is there anybody that wants to put the gospel of peace on your feet this week to be prepared to share your faith? It's like in the same way that they're prepared with backpacks, and they're going through the Himalayas, and they're like ready for any, we should be that with like baristas and waiters and co-workers and people in the gym. It's like I'm not so self-consumed and narcissistic and stressed out that I'm not prepared to tell people about God. I think we ought to make some Zoe shoes. This merch team keeps making hoodies. What about some shoes? Like there's this guy who got to hear the good news of Jesus via our podcast. He lives in Portland. And he heard about Jesus while listening to the podcast and gave his life over to Jesus. And because he was so moved with gratitude, he works at Nike. He's made now two pairs of Nike Zoe shoes. Let me just show them to you up on the screen. There's a white pair and then a black pair. And he has put great detail. And does anybody think we need to sell these at Zoe Church? Valley, do you think we should? Yeah, I think so too. But, but, but. What, what the writer is saying, what Paul is saying, is we need to put on not church shoes, we need to put on gospel shoes. And we need to put on our feet the peace of the gospel that I am prepared everywhere I go. Tomorrow when you put your shoes on, I don't know what your workplace looks like. You might put tennis shoes on or dress shoes on, I don't know. But whatever shoes you put on, when you slide them on, start thinking about, I'm putting the gospel on. I'm putting peace on today. And everywhere my feet go, I bring peace. I do not bring judgment or hostility. I do not bring animosity. I do not bring unforgiveness or bitterness. Come on, I bring peace. Everywhere I go. And this city is blessed because everywhere my foot goes, I bring the peace of Jesus Christ. Come on, give him a praise, Valley. Give him a praise, El Ray. Now he has said all that about the truth that is around our waist and the gospel of peace that is on our feet. He ends. Now, if he just wanted to end there, it'd be good. Because think about it. He's already given us the armor. Everything that is on the front half of that coin from Amazon, he's already fit. We got a helmet on. We got righteousness over our heart. I've already got faith as a shield, sword of the spirit. I got truth around my waist, not listening to the liar. I got peace. I'm already fit. But Paul, so we don't turn into weird warrior Christians, teaches us that the only way all this works is through the power of prayer. In fact, write this down, the last thought. Worship team, you can come join me. It's called the power of a praying person. This is how Paul ends this whole section. Is he says, put on the armor and then make sure that you pray. In other words, this armor without prayer is useless. Ephesians 6, 18. Pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede 
with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer. Every form of prayer at all times. Every form. What I love about what Paul just said is there, listen, the way that I pray is different than the way you pray. And the way you pray is different than the way your friends pray. Because some of us, we love to text our prayers. Others of us, we love to put it in our phone in a journal. Some people, you like praying with groups. And other people, you like praying alone. Some people here, you love going on a prayer walk. And other people love to pray in their car. I don't care how you pray. The Bible is just saying use every form of prayer imaginable. But pray. And pray with passion. So in other words, we don't go. Me, God, so boring. Prayer is not boring. Talking to your best friend is not boring. Pray with passion. Pray with zeal. God, it's me. I need you. Thanks for the armor, but I do you see the attack I'm under? I need you. I love prayer because prayer makes you humble. Prayer makes you dependent. You can put all the armor on, but if you don't have prayer on, you're you're not acknowledging the God that is better and bigger than any set of armor. You're acknowledging the God that is greater and stronger than anything you're up against. Some of you are like, well, I don't know how to pray. Let me just give you a model of prayer. You ought to pray the Acts prayer. Yeah, the Acts prayer, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. When you come to pray tomorrow, say adoration. God, I adore you. I lift you high. You are awesome. You are mighty. You are beautiful. You're magnificent. I adore you, God. Just like you adore something you love, you adore your God. And then you confess. You say, God, I got to confess something. I did this. I, 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 I know I told you I'd never do it again, but I got to confess I've been in this place. I said this thing. I did this thing. And I got to come clean. God already saw it. God already knows about it. But when you release it, you release the shame and the guilt and the condemnation. And then T is thanksgiving. God, I want to thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your faithfulness. Come on, is there anybody that has thankfulness in your heart? Come on, make some noise together. Come on, Valley, get loud right now. We're thankful to God. And the S is supplication. Lord, I got a request. My kid's going through this. I got a request. My situation's looking bleak. I got a request. Financially, I'm here. I got a request. Our business is stuck. I got a request. My soul is depleted. I got a request. My mind's playing tricks. God, I request this relationship. Come on. We got to go to God and use all forms. And we got to pray and stay dependent. Because if not, I'll just be a Christian soldier that keeps walking without any spirit, without any zeal, without any confidence, without any being in tune with the power of the Holy Spirit. But when I start to pray and I got the armor of God, I am fit for the fight. 